Hey, Emma. Yeah, Tyler. Okay. So out of all the costumes that we saw in this episode, because we know that this now takes place on Halloween, please tell me, I really want to know, which one was your favorite? My favorite look from this episode was Jason Funderburker's Anchorman-inspired costume. What about you? Okay, this might sound really stupid, but I really liked the egg costume. Mm. It's like kind of just a vibe, you know? Do you think you're going to be an egg for Halloween this year? No, Emma, look, I feel like an egg every day of my life. (laughs) I need to be hot this Halloween. This is going to date the podcast, but I want to be Wanda from WandaVision. Oh. I am so going to embrace that. You know, I'm going to be different. Uh, Quirky. (laughs) Okay, but what about you? Are you going to be an anchorman? I'm not, but I am going to dress up as Jason Funderburger. Perfect choice. I endorse that. (laughs) Thank you. I'm Emma Meyer. And I'm Tyler Strandberg. And you're listening to Keyframe Reframe. On this podcast, we watch the Cartoon Network show Over the Garden Wall and analyze the plot, themes, and characters. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give the episode a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You're listening to Keyframe Reframe. So, this is a big episode. It is. We get a lot of questions answered. Mm-hmm. We learn some new information. Things and are explained. Yes. And in fact, the episode is titled, Into the Unknown. Wait, isn't that the Frozen song? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm actually like a little bit pissed off about that because this came out in 2014. And then Frozen <gasps> 2 was suddenly true. just like, mm, let's just take that for ourselves. <laughs> Side note, I did sing Into the Unknown at karaoke last week, and it was terrible. Oh, my God. I did not know that song well enough to be singing it on my own. That's so funny. I, <laughs> I'm i also not sure I could tell you what that song sounds like. I mean, the only—okay, you know, this is, like, very old TikTok trend, but, mm-hmm. like— um, the music trend, it's like, when I say this word, what do you think of? Okay, that yes. makes you a millennial or Gen Z. Yes, yes, I do know Can that Can we do Into the Unknown as, like, do you think of the theme from Over the Garden Wall or do you think of Frozen Yes, too? oh my God. I don't <laughs> know, like, it could be something. When I say Into the Unknown, what do you think of? If you think of Frozen, you have no talent or taste. Yeah, if you yeah, think yeah, of yeah. Over the Garden Wall, marry me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> After work collapses in the cold, we get a flashback to before he and Greg came into the unknown. It's revealed that Greg and Wirt are actually from our world in the mid-90s, and the clothes they are wearing are Halloween costumes. Wirt is infatuated with a girl named Sarah, and in the process of trying to get back a cassette tape from her, Wirt and Greg fall down a hill and into a lake. Wirt awakens to find himself and Greg's frog in a tree with Beatrice's mother and other family members. He thanks them and heads off into a snowstorm in search of his brother. This episode premiered on Cartoon Network on November 7th, 2014, and was written by Cole Sanchez, V. Nguyen, and Zach Gorman. Oh, Emma, there are so many interesting things about this episode. Oh, I am, my gosh. I am so excited to start talking about it. So, Seriously. like, let's just, can we just get into Yes, absolutely. <laughs> let's, okay, start out with the fact that we learn why the boys are dressed up the way that they are. Mm-hmm. In this episode, it's revealed that Wirt and Greg's clothes are actually their Halloween costumes. Greg's tea kettle is part of his elephant costume, and Wirt's gnome attire is part of a costume as well. I think this says a lot about them, too, you know? Yeah. Like, 
like Greg's costume is very creative. It's like outside of the box kind of thinking, very mm-hmm. unconventional, but just like super simple and very fun. We're like, Wirt is literally just dressing in something that's appropriate and makes him feel confident. Yes. You know? Oh, it's okay. Can we talk about how he probably pulled a Civil War uniform out <laughs> right? of his attic? I was thinking that too. Um, with the hat, and then he's wearing two different colored shoes, and he's just mm-hmm. like, I feel powerful in this. Yeah, I love how he has the fan blowing on him, and he goes, yes! Yes! I'm like, yeah, buddy, Iconic. you do whatever you need to to make yourself feel good. That will also be me this Halloween. Oh my God, good for you. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so this is also the first appearance of Sarah and Jason Funderburker, who we heard um, Wirt talk about a little bit like throughout the series. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. and... The beautiful Sarah. And the iconic Jason Funderburger. Hi. <laughs> no, that was bad. <laughs> Are we going to talk about how we both thought that his name was Thunderburger? I, up until literally today, mm-hmm. I thought his name was Jason Thunderburger. And mm-hmm. in my mind, it was like, Wirt was like, oh, he's so cool. And in my mind, Jason, Thunder, and Burger were all, like, cool words. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, like, that's totally what I heard it as, too. Jason's I a cool word. I recently, <laughs> like, started watching TV with, like, subtitles on because, like, if I turn it up too loud, it, like, gives me a headache. Mm-hmm. But then, like, if I turn it down too much, I can't really hear it. You're 90. So, I know. I'm <laughs> such an old man. You know what? Am I an old man or am I just more accessible? I don't know. No. And this is totally off topic, but I do think it's the fact that I'm not going to movie theaters anymore because when I first went to a movie theater um, after the pandemic, I was, like, very overwhelmed. I was like, wow, this is really loud. What's going oh on? Oh, my gosh. But, like, after a while, I just, like, slowly adjusted to it. So totally, I totally. think it's just, like, a sound thing. Right. Anyway, yeah, so I started watching um, TV and movies, like, at home with uh, closed captioning and like subtitles on mm-hmm. and it was then when I was like oh my god his name is Thunderburker like with an F and a K that is Thunderburker so, it's so hard for me to say and I'm gonna mess it up as we keep talking about him in this no, episode no I absolutely do not blame you first appearances also yes. of Beatrice's family oh my gosh a big reveal for sure and they're all bluebirds. They're all well. She, she said, said they were yeah. all bluebirds. She said that she turned herself and but her family so into bluebirds. There's so many of them. I know. Lots of siblings. Reminds yes. me of my mom's family. Yes. Another one of my favorite little, I guess, things that are revealed in this episode is we see that when Greg and Wirt enter the graveyard, the gravestone that they're hiding behind has Quincy Endicott written on it. I love this little detail. Same. And it goes back to what we talked about in our last episode about like, you know, kind of beginning the conversation of where and what is the unknown. But it just Mm -hmm. proves that like the themes of death are prevalent and important and real and integral to the show. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, actually, do you think that all of the people that they meet in the unknown are buried in this graveyard? Ooh, I don't think so. Okay, because, like, I can see how Quincy Endicott is. He's, like, pretty old, losing his mind a little bit. Right. It makes sense that he's probably not alive. Totally. And I think, like, you know, bouncing back to what we talked about in that episode, Quincy Endicott is clearly, like, a colonial figure. I imagine the town that... 
Greg and Wirt grew up in is East Coast. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of makes sense to me that, like, Quincy, and and again, this is me just, like, connecting the dots in my own brain. Yes. But it makes sense to me that Quincy Endicott, as a human person, would have lived in this, like, East Coast town. Had his own little tea company there. Right, like, 200 years ago or whatever. Um, But I don't necessarily think that's true for the other characters. I think the unknown is a washing machine um, of people. Ooh, I love that. Thank you. I describe myself as a washing machine a lot. Like, my brain felt like a washing machine or my stomach felt like a washing machine. But I think it's true for the characters all intermixing. What do you think? In the sense of, like, swish, swish. Yep. Splish, splash. I was taking a bath. Yeah. Okay. I could cool. just say yeah. that instead of mm-hmm. washing machine. Yeah. But. <laughs> My stomach was splishy, splashy, taking a bathy. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, this is one of the things I do love about Over the Garden Walls. Like, I don't, I can't really pin down what the unknown is, you know? I think it is it's almost unknown. as if it's unknown. Exactly. Exactly. Another connection to previous earlier episodes is when. Wirt is entering the Halloween party. So there are two boys standing in the front of the house talking about bat and ball games. One says that there are too many bat and ball games besides baseball. He lists among them Two Old Cats. Two Old Cats is also the game that Greg attempts to play in episode three, School Town Follies, although Greg's attempt to play it is actually by literally looking for two old cats. I'm on, this is so stupid. I know. <laughs> I kind of love this. It's so dumb. It's just such a dumb callback. I feel like the writers created School Town Follies first and then wanted to build an explanation for it. So they were like, okay, let's toss it into the flashback episode. Mm-hmm. Well, like, so over time, bat and ball games have kind of just been like reduced to baseball. Um, mm. But like back in the 1920s, like bat and ball games were like a huge way for people to like kill time, have yeah. fun, you know, like spend time with friends or whatever, um, which I think is, it makes sense that this argument is happening. Like, mm. oh, baseball is the only bat and ball game. And the other guy's like, no, there's plenty of others. Like there's two old cats, <laughs> which what? then ties back to this like school town episode mm. where they're playing two old cats. Right. I just can't help but wonder if two old cats is like an actual old game. It is, yeah. Okay, okay. Because I was also imagining a world where like two old cats was like, a bat game that actually involved cats, and that made me sad. Oh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a bat and ball, like, yard game, mm-hmm. kind of. Okay. I thought there was a lot going on in this episode. Mm. And I felt it was most appropriate to kind of just go through the plot and kind of branch off whenever we feel... So compelled to. Totally. How do you feel about that? I agree. Let's... I'm not giving you a choice because I wrote the script. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's dive in. Okay. So the episode is entirely a flashback episode, and it shows us how, as we mentioned already, Wirt and Greg entered into the unknown. It establishes where our characters were at the top of the series and helps us answer some questions that have been, so far, left unanswered. I think this is interesting, too, because in the first episode, we see Greg and Wirt just kind of wandering aimlessly. And one of the first things that Wirt says is, like, Greg, where are we? You know? Yeah. Like, they don't know. Because it makes sense. They don't know how they got there. You know? Okay. It's also so cute that the frog that Mm -hmm. Greg cares for for the whole episode is a frog that he found frog hunting yes. with Wirt 
I think it's real. And he just. I do think that in our series wrap up episode, we do have to rank in order of preference our favorite names that oh my he God. calls the frog. I love that. I'm yes. already, my brain I already is have scattering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can answer it now. No, I'm totally kidding. So this episode opens with Wirt making a mixtape for Sarah and contemplating whether or not he should give it to her, which he eventually decides to do. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> He's Remember? such a hopeless romantic. So I'm thinking this is just like the word mixtape made me think of this. So like we definitely grew up in a time where people made CDs for each other. Yes. But we still called those mixtapes. I never called them mixtapes. Oh, well. I don't know what I called them. Um, I also never made them for anyone because I wasn't cool. Oh, I so I see. I did make them for myself, That though. you're not a romantic person. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, nowadays, people, when they want to make a big romantic gesture, they'll make playlists for each other. Like on Spotify. I still or do that. Anyway, I just think I the, love that. the mixtape thing is so cute. But anyway, I think overall this tells us how badly Wirt wants to put himself out there mm-hmm. and be vulnerable. And we see him kind of fluctuate between this mm-hmm. throughout the show, but his anxieties always prevent him from doing it. Yeah, definitely. He needs a lot of hype to even like get himself going out there, the you know. Fan just like moment. Oh my god. Which like that I the, it just like he's such an anxious little boy. Mm-hmm. Like he's so scared of but he wants to, you know? Yes. Um side note, we can also see a book on interior design in Wurt's room, which makes sense as to how he knows the different styles of architecture between Quincy's and Quincy Endicott's house and Lady Gray's house. He tries to stop himself from giving Sarah the tape, but Greg takes it and tries to give it to her anyway. Like, all of these little bits tell us more about their characters, you know? Totally. Um, and I think this tells us that, like, Greg really kind of just sees things for how they are, simple and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Because he's a kid. He hasn't really been able to fully understand complexities of adult social interactions yet. Not really to say that, like, Wirt is an adult. He's still just a teenager. Right. But Wirt, on the other hand, has ample opportunities to overanalyze his interactions with others, which, of course, is causing his anxiety to be totally debilitating. Mm -hmm. He does this when the other girls are kind of making fun of him for liking Sarah, when the football player accuses him of spying on Sarah, and when he says he can't go to the party because he wasn't invited, which, to be fair, is very respectful. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, the, they're not even really making fun of him. It's no, just like, I don't think so. Wirt like Sarah, you yeah. know, but like to Wirt, that is like his worst yeah. nightmare. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, buddy. Yes. Baby. He just wants to fly under the radar. I know. So once Wirt enters the party to try to retrieve the tape in Sarah's jacket pocket, wow, that's a mouthful. Um, we see mm-hmm. that he's well, like he's welcomed to the party, you know, like people genuinely enjoy mm-hmm. him. They want him there. He's like, Oh, I wasn't invited, I can't go in. But as soon as he goes in, they're all like, Hey, we're how are totally. you doing? I love that. I think yeah. it's so funny. I also think it really sets up that like Wirt is not as anxious or social outcast as he perceives himself to be. Side note, this also happened in Lullaby and Frogland. You know, he was saying, like, no one wants to hear my bassooning, but we saw that, like, all of the other frogs were getting upset when he wasn't playing anymore. And he did a good job at it. Right. Wirt, your friends don't hate you. Just drink some water, okay? (laughs) Just drink some water, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Your friends don't hate you. Just take a nap. That's definitely a TikTok, but anyway. Oh, my God. I've never seen that. (laughs) I could use that. (laughs) 
Sarah even claims that she was hoping Wirt would show up to the party and shows genuine interest in him as well. And I'm not going to lie. If I were putting myself in Sarah's shoes, like, right, Mm 14-year-old, and there was a boy, right, like, in my class who read books about architecture and was very sweet, Mm -hmm. right, and, like, made mixtapes, I'm like, yeah, absolutely my type. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to lie. Like, if someone was like that for me, too, I'd be like, yes, 100%. absolutely darling and cute. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, Sarah— even invites work to go hang out with her and like a smaller group of people, which again he rebukes because he does he doesn't feel like he's wanted there. It's like, buddy, please just 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 accept the welcome invite that right, you want. Right. And then once our friend Jason Funderberger shows up, where it feels like he can't live up to who Jason Funderberger is, right? We can't say his we can't just say Jason. We have to say his whole name. Jason Funderberger. <laughs> I'm Ah, I want to say Thunderburger so badly. I don't know if this is something that anybody else thought, but uh, anyway. I don't think we watched it together for the first time because I think the first time I watched it, I watched it with a different person. Sure. And I also thought it was Thunderburger. Okay. So like when we watched it together, the fact that you picked up the same thing, I think, yes. Very good. Well, I mean, and this is a funny moment for us as the audience, right? Because it's clear that Jason Funderburger is everything Wirt thinks that he is to other people. You know, people think Wirt is annoying, not really wanted, doesn't know how to interact in social circles, and is generally an uncomfortable person. But we quickly learn that Jason Funderburger is the most uncomfortable person right? on the planet. Which I think adds an additional layer that, like, this is someone Wirt is looking up to as, like, everything Better than what he is. So funny. And it's like the roles could not be more reversed. I mean, he had a green suit on. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bold. That That is a choice. <laughs> it is also the 90s. So. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, I think their personalities, too, are also kind of swapped to where they should be. Like, mm-hmm. Wirt is clearly well-liked, mm-hmm. and he is so anxious that everybody hates him. Mm-hmm. But Jason is very annoying and, like, uncomfortable. Right. But he just has this huge, like, air of confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, he is, like, better and, like, deserves, like, everyone to love him. Yeah. It's such a strange dichotomy. Go anyway. off, Jason. Jason, who are you? Where did you get this unbridled confidence? Yeah, Can totally. you give me some? No, and like, Wirt is still trying to get the tape from Sarah, like out of Sarah's pocket to save himself from the embarrassment of Sarah's rejection once they go into the graveyard, right? Yes, and once again, when they show up to the graveyard, he's welcomed by the group of friends once they find out he's there. And again, compared to Jason Funderburger, who is clearly making other people uncomfortable. I love it when he like tries to hold Sarah's hand ah! and she's like, like, uh, Jason. <laughs> Sarah is an icon. Sarah's like, do not do that. Mm-hmm. I know my boundaries. Good for her. Uh, once the cops show up, which, side note, pigs, um, this mm-hmm. leads Wirt and Greg to run away. And he sees Sarah discover Wirt's tape in her jacket. And this only causes Wirt to stress out even more. Right. And because Greg was the one who initiates all of this, Word instinctively blames Greg for all of this instead of, as we saw in the first episode, him taking responsibility for himself and his own actions. While running away, they climb over the wall of the cemetery um, and land on a railroad track and then dive off of it in order to avoid an oncoming train and land in a lake. Cemeteries can also be referred to as the Eternal Garden. 
This creates the double meaning for the title. Literally, they go over a garden wall and the symbolic meaning of crossing over into death. Can I tell you something creepy about myself as a child that okay. this made me think of? Sure. I used to call headstones name rocks. And as a child, well, as a child, I would like ask my grandma to take me to see the name rocks. So we would just like go wander around in cemeteries when I was like five. I don't think that's weird. I think it's kind of creepy. Okay. You were a cryptic child. I just liked hanging out in the eternal garden. (laughs) Better enjoy your time here now because soon you'll never be able to leave there. I've always been so aware of death for my whole life. No. God, that's (laughs) even as a young child, I knew where I was headed. Yes, yes. Yeah, do you, like, you were saying something about Sarah earlier, and you said that we would get to that later. Oh, it was just that I think Sarah is right to have a crush on Wirt, even though I think the way he tears other people down because of his anxieties is Mm -hmm. something that throughout the series I struggle with in his character, but Mm -hmm. I think we learn a lot about who Wirt is as a person, especially in context with school and his family and Mm -hmm. i i get it sarah and you're a babe (laughs) good for her (laughs) i mean the fact that she's wearing makeup like her halloween makeup like the entire time right that is such a mood isn't it okay this is something that just popped into my mind she's also a skull for the whole thing yes do we think that means anything as it relates to cemetery the eternal garden jumping over the wall Hmm. No. I don't know. I'll Something to, sit to think on that. about. I'll have to ponder it. Yeah. Okay, Emma, it is your turn. Please tell me who your favorite character was this episode. I am obsessed with my girl, Sarah. Hell yeah. I think she, okay. I think it was, it would be really easy for a show like this and the airtime that Sarah gets, especially in this episode, to be very like, manic pixie dream girl Mm -hmm. and she's not she's just a nice lady and i like the dimension that she as a person gets in this episode and i just i appreciate the portrayal of just a young kind woman Mm -hmm. i love that who was your favorite character okay um are you gonna say jason sarah oh my god (laughs) no it's not um my favorite character was wirt (gasps) oh um look I love Wirt so much. Um, if we're getting a little bit personal, I also <laughs> struggle a lot with anxiety and like mm-hmm. my perception of what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. I also have a lot of anxiety of like, I'm a burden to my friends. Mm-hmm. They all secretly hate me. I'm not good at anything. But like, as you know, mm-hmm. as of recently, I've been trying to branch out since the pandemic has been opening up a little bit. Um, so like what we're is going through in this episode is really, really relatable for yeah. me. It is really hard to try to like put myself out there to try to like overcome those like intrusive thoughts of like I'm not good enough people don't like me you know and it's this episode almost makes it like hard to watch because like I see so much of myself in him and like Mm -hmm. what he's going through and it's kind of like a painful reminder that even though I sometimes feel like I can be annoying or uninteresting. That's most likely not true. It's not true. Oh, thank We've you. We've been friends for a long 
freaking time, Tyler. Thank you. <laughs> but no, this episode is just like, I, Wirt, I relate to you so much, baby. <laughs> Wirt, like, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Wirt, if you're listening, I'm still single. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I love Wirt so much. Okay, tell me what you rated this episode. Okay. I gave this episode a 10. Yes! Yes, you did! Yes! I just, you know, I think the placement of this flashback in the context of the series is absolutely perfect. I love the world building. I love what we get to learn about Greg and Wirt. I love, I mean, a cops, but like... <laughs> The cop is the reason that they are there. Exactly. Exact. Excellent framing. God. Um, the fact that he's like, hey, you're under arrest. Nah, just kidding. Happy Halloween. Like, who are you to think you can abuse the your power, power like that? grab for real. But I just, I like, in terms of character development, I like that the writers built up, like, an early high school setting. And it's not, like, toxic or gross or mm-hmm. whatever. It's just... We just get to focus on where Greg and Wirt are at mm-hmm. before they enter the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I also just like ugh, the fact that it's Halloween, I think is just like so, so, so beautiful. So 10 yeah. out of 10 for me. I mean, this show has a lot of like fall vibes. And so I think oh, the fact duh. that like, they place it in Halloween makes it very, very appropriate. And okay, I want to circle back to that in our wrap up episode, the idea of the fact this all takes place in the fall. Okay. Okay. Cool. Put a pin. Yes. Um, I also gave it a 10. Like <gasps> We agreed again. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I love this episode. I love Wirt so much. I think this episode does a really great job at, like, giving us this look as to both, like, who these characters are and giving us context as to where they started mm-hmm. and how far they come. It was actually, like, very, very jarring to kind of see Wirt just talking down to Greg, kind of like how he was in the first episode, because mm-hmm. we've seen, like, how far he's come since then. And suddenly we're, like, thrown all the way back there, and it was just kind of like, Wirt, buddy, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, don't do this, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just, it's such a, it's a great episode. It's, yeah. like, both very heartbreaking and just, like, very understanding. Um, I... <laughs> I love when Sarah says, like, we're going to go hang out in the cemetery and drink age-appropriate beverages. Yes! <laughs> and where it's, like, like juice and she's like yeah you know just age appropriate beverages and stuff <laughs> it's like <laughs> so cool i know i'm obsessed with it yeah um i love this episode oh my gosh That's- well okay now that we've given rave reviews for the past two episodes i'm so stoked to launch into our last episode of the series Oof. over the garden wall i don't know if i'm ready oh i think we are Stay tuned next week. Oh my God. (laughs) That's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to producer and audio engineer, Aaron Bogan, along with their production company, Sonavent Productions, and AA Watermelons on Twitter, who made our cover art. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is keyframereframe at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, both at keyframereframe. I'm Tyler Strandberg, the host, creator, and head writer of this show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, both at TylerJohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. I'm Emma Meyer, the co-host of this show. You can follow me on Instagram at Emma Lee Meyer. That's E-M-M-A- 
L-E-I-G-H-M-Y-H-R-E. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.